Hi, Rodney Jane here from Bob Jane T-Marts. Specialists in tyres and wheels for over 50 years. We stock what tradies need. Tyres, wheels or batteries, we've got you covered. Steel or alloy wheels, 15 inch plus. Big brands such as Monster, R08, CSA, Fuel, PDW and Dynamic. A massive range. Tyres, we love tyres. All-terrain, mud-terrain, 4x4 and SUV tyres. We stock all the top brands such as Bridgestone, BF Goodrich, Falcon, Goodyear, Michelin and Yokohama. Make your 4x4 ute or van look awesome. Cracking deals at Bob Jane T-Marts. We won't be beaten on price. We'll look after you. Test season apply. been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag. This is a suspended uh, race. This is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fields here. My name is Grant Rowley. I have an absolute treat for everyone out there today. Two of the very, very best have joined me for this episode. I've got John Bow and Glenn Seaton. JB Seto, how are you boys? Yeah, good. Thanks, you go Greg. first, Lenny. You're the youngest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Thanks, Grant. Uh, yeah, we're good, mate. Uh, everything's fine. I'm uh, up in ba- Bali for a few days. I, I thought because we're in Townsville and cost a fortune to go to Townsville, we'd keep on going. But yeah, we, Leslie and I have had a case of Bali Billy the last day, so Ooh. I'm not actually looking too too flash. Oh, just, make, just make sure you throw them thongs out before you come back, John. Yeah. We don't uh, want any foot, never... foot and mouth disease, mate. No, I know. I tell you what, I've had about eight, 80,000 people tell me that. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't wear thongs anyway. There's, <laughs> there's enough disease going around, JB. You can keep that exactly where uh, where it belongs over there. Now, yeah. um, I appreciate you guys coming on the podcast. And uh, uh, while you two are uh, two of my absolute favourites from uh, when I was uh, sitting on the couch cheering as a fan until I uh, got the uh, the... The great opportunity to work in the industry and um, and mingle with you both. There was a uh, a conversation that I had recently with my good friend Stefan Bartholomeus. Uh, Glenn, you know him quite well because he helped pen the book that you did. Now, Stefan and I were uh, doing what we do from time to time. We were just playing some uh, very low level social style uh, sim racing, and it's just where a few of us boys get on and um, and play some computer games and talk a lot of crap. It was just Stefan and I playing the other night and we got into talking about all the silly things that race car fans like us do. And the, uh, the, the one, well, there was a question that Stefan asked me um, while we were doing it. And he'd said, what is your favorite Australian touring car championship or, or supercars championship of all time? And um, I immediately said 1995. That was, uh, that was my favorite. And he agreed with it. And we talked about why it was our favorite, maybe probably a little bit of rose tinted glasses. Of course, everything is better back, <laughs> uh, back in the day. Uh, but we, but yeah. And we both spoke of, uh, the fondness about that title, uh, the way the season rolled out. And of course, JB, you came out on, uh, on top that year, Glenn, you took it all the way down to the wire. Um, but, and, and I've, again, I've had the fortune of, uh, of speaking with you guys both uh, recently and you're, uh, you're very good friends and you get along really well. If we wind the clock back to 1995, that actually wasn't really the case. No, probably not. No, 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 no it wasn't. Like because day, I tell yeah. you, 
John. Look, look, honestly, it was it was nothing personal. But no. when you're a competitor, you know, you're a competitor, and and uh, you know, Dick uh, Johnson, who I'm still very fond of. Obviously, I drove for him, and Glenn was uh, a recipient of Ford support, uh, just like Dick Johnson was. And, and Dick, you know, and I, I'm sure this is not speaking out of school, but Dick reckoned he should have got all the Ford money. Mm-hmm. So I had to be non-friends with Glenn by proxy, you know. So it's not <laughs> that I did. <laughs> it's not that I didn't like him. <laughs> we since I would say we're good friends, you know, and I'm very yeah. interested in him. He's a terrific bloke, but. At that stage, she was pretty. There was a serious war, you know. Like we were, we're at war. But we also had a tie war going on, so it was serious. Absolutely. That yeah. was the. Um, so that was the year that um, just before the KBF, uh, just after the KBF quake too, wasn't it? That's when um, yeah. you guys sort of started the year off, not knowing where you're going to get your tires from, and then uh, no, that's right. Out, they came out of Europe and they were actually quite good as, as equivalent to the to the Bridgestone that I was running on. So. Um, no, that was a that was a really good year of uh, competition between hard racing, so yeah, a, and the two teams, the DGR and GSR at the time. It was it was good competition and and uh, fair, but uh, bloody hard racing. And, and like John yeah, said, we, at, uh, at the end of the day, you, you do get to a situation where you're we're all under pressure racing. We all want the best result we can get, and we just push the envelopes to make each other. Sometimes not like what we each other do when those things <laughs> yeah, sort of things happen. And that's just part of sport to me. That's actually right. I mean, we, we started the year. We always did with the Dunlop tyres. We'd go in January, we'd go to Winton, Phillip Island, uh, Lakeside, Malala sometimes and do all this tyre testing to get a tyre for the next season. I, I assume you did similar things. And, exactly, yeah. and we got a, we had this really good tyre and then the bloody earthquake happened. So... Yeah. Uh, you know the the links to that Dunlop went to to get us tyres was amazing, and it's all been forgotten in the midst of time. But there was there were guys there at the time um, that you know that moved heaven and earth. They dug the the moulds out of the rubble. They flew them to Birmingham. They built uh, tyres over there in in Fort Dunlop, which no longer exists, and they got them out here, and they were actually good. They were good tyres, yeah. So. So anyway, it was a good, it was a good era. It was I, I don't say this in a derogatory way to supercars now, but you know those cars were production shells. They were cars. They went down the production line. They were fettled by the production people to delete brackets and soundproofing, and then they were put on a truck and sent to Glenn, sent to Dick, sent to who was in around by then. Stone Brothers were around by then, were they or not? Tony Longhurst was, yeah, Kevin Waldock, you know, the yep. other guys that got Falcon Shields. So they were built out of a car. Now, you know, times change and I understand that, but they they had quite a relevance and the, the manufacturers were very involved in it too. Correct. It, it was a it was a really cool, a really cool season and uh, you know, just a really great mix of teams that could uh, compete at the very front. Of course, uh, you've mentioned some of those Ford teams, uh, Tony Longhurst, of course, had just come in with the, his Falcon program, having uh, switched from the the Perkins built Commodores while he had Benson and Hedges support and had gone to Castrol. But on the, on the Holden side, they had the Holden racing team with Thomas and Peter Brock and Brock was right with you guys, right up to the, yeah. 
uh, end of the title. And the three of you guys went uh, went at, went at it in the in the last round. Now Brock didn't have the best of rounds at Oran Park and uh, and and finished ended up finishing third. But Glenn, you took it uh, you took it right up. And uh, Glenn, at that time there were. There were a lot of external pressures going on as well with the Peter Jackson money going away, but not it was it was always going to go away because of the government legislation. Correct. Although they did try and uh, keep it in the sport for uh, for an extra year, so you know there were some other political and commercial issues that you had uh, to sort of contend with in the background as well. Do you remember if that clouded much of what you were doing during that year? really like it yes it, it did based on the future of where the team was going to go the following year but it didn't have any influence on 95 at all um i suppose there's many things going on that year um we had naturally two car team myself and alan uh was coming to an end at that year with alan as well um the philip Morris stuff was going on in the background for the the negotiation to try and do that extra year or two around the legislation and really the offer they put to me just wasn't viable to even run one race car, never loan two. And then what we saw in the end, it came out where uh, they did a deal with Alan and, and ran as pack leader the following year. So yeah, there was those sort of things going on behind the scenes, but did it make any difference to the race team in competitiveness and all that sort of stuff? And me as a driver, I don't think so. Um, I think it was just, one of those things that was going on at the time. And um, I was really more focused on uh, worrying about that at the end of the year and what was going to come out of it at the end of the year when, uh, when the problem became about, but um, no, I, I'd, I'd say that those influences didn't make any difference at all. I got a funny story here when we were in the pit lane, whatever track it was, you know, if uh, there were Ford representatives there, of course, always. And uh, if Glenn was going better, well, Glenn and AJ were going better than us, to be down their end and if we were going better they'd be up our end <laughs> they were quite fair with the supporters absolutely who, who was doing the best but but not absolutely. only yeah, to, to talk about our rivalry between each other and and you talk about 95 but just to, to give you a bit of a, a background on the i suppose the dgr versus the gsr situation that went on even with the crew guys there was good banter there was good uh, enjoyment of fun that we went about from the 93 right through until 95. I remember my guys setting up a situation where we were actually at Oran Park at the last round and that wasn't 95, but I think it was 94 actually, where my guys uh, decided to put, uh, let's do a bit of a trick on DJR. And we're all in annexes back in them days on the sides of our trucks. So one of my guys actually cocktailed up a, 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 a brake uh, bleed bottle with a tube on it going through the dash on this old ute that we had there as our pit vehicle into the carburetor. They backed up to the um, the annex of DGR that year and what happens is you just open up the throttle and what happens when you pump brake fluid straight into the carburetor? It just absolutely makes this massive amounts of white smoke. So today, greenies would go ballistic if they actually saw any of that. But um, <laughs> there was all that sort of fun and banter that went on Regardless of with the competition that went on between the two teams, we still, yes, on the track, we were hating each other, but off the track, we still had a lot of fun. 
Yes, and I'll bet you Scotty Allen was the ring leader in that. He was too. You, God, you're, you're spot on, John. He's, he's the one that always schemed up all the ideas of let's get back at someone or let's do this trick. He always had the party tricks up his sleeve. Uh, I can't imagine that happening now, but I mean, I haven't been that close to it either. Maybe it yeah, does, but I can't imagine it. Everyone's no. too serious. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is big business, but look, it was big business back uh, back then as well. Like just looking back at the commercial support that was across the board at the top level, mm-hmm. it's the reason why that those those years when when what is known now as supercars from that '93 mm-hmm. um, season, they were the foundations of what of what we see today. And sure, the show has changed. The cars are tremendously reliable the drivers are all you know very 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 good and certainly within um within a nanosecond of each other and i was watching i think it was like 2010 supercars and the cars would still break down they would still be unreliable and drivers were fighting the cars they you just don't see that as much when you guys see onboard vision of um, modern day Shane Van Gisbergen's and uh, Anton Di Pasquale's. Do you look at it and think, geez, they look like they're doing it easy? <laughs> yeah, I do, but I, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> no. You're like when you look at it now and you go, yeah, geez, they look like. I thought the years when Ambrose was driving the Pertec car and I saw some of the in car, I thought, this guy's doing it so easy because he, ha- he is so smooth with the wheel and so easy with the car, but yet he was winning yeah. races. So, um, when you sit there and watch from the outside, it looks easy, but shit a brick. I know what they're going through when they're inside the car and um, trying to make that speed and make that extra millisecond that they need to, to move up 10 spots these days. And of course, you know, there's so much data used now, as in data for teaching the drivers. So they all have a very similar style. Like mm. when Glenn and I, I guess, grew up, sort of, mm. it was in the 80s, there wasn't any data. You know, I mean, we didn't use data at all until the start of the Falcon era and, and mm. neither Dick nor I knew anything about it. So we didn't bother. We were more interested in getting getting to the restaurant. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't actually start looking at data truly until I drove for Brad. Yeah. And and I mean, it's it, you know, whether you like it or don't like it, man, it's a big help, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The, the thing I enjoyed about our time through those early supercar days was you got to do a fair bit of testing. You got to be involved in, uh, I want to try this, do this. What does that do? What does this do? Today, you're restricted so much in testing. It's all based on uh, computer stuff. This is how you need to drive the car, not change the car, blah, 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 blah. So I'm really glad that we've come through the time when we could be involved in the sport and technically be involved because there's not just the driving part of being a race driver is just why I did it. I did it because I learned so much technically myself and being able to be involved in that learning curve. Absolutely. Well, you drove the process of the car, didn't you? You, The way you you wanted it to be was the way you drove the process of how it was developed. So it was very different for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you you looked at the, the thing and there were Falcons and Commodores, but uh, you know, it's science has come so far, and you only have to look at Formula One the same way. I mean, that's a, just a wild level now, isn't it? But it's not like 
the era that I, I enjoyed the Formula One. I mean, I still watch it and I like it, but it, you can't imagine yourself being involved in it. Nah. Um, okay, so uh, Glenn, you'd said something before about uh, uh, shitting bricks, um, and it just made me think about how you might be shitting bricks come October uh, this year when your young boy, Aaron, mm-hmm. makes his uh, debut in the great race, the Repco Bathurst 1000. Uh, yep. As uh, someone who has been there and tried to conquer it uh, many, many times. What um, what's what's your thoughts on uh, on on him getting that opportunity with Matt Stone Racing? Yeah, I think it's it's fantastic. Like at the end of the day, um, like he's twenty four. Uh, I just just turned twenty four a couple of weeks ago, so it's time for him to. If if it was going to happen, it needs to happen very soon, and and have the opportunity this year. I think he'll be a fantastic endurance driver um, for. Jack, I think Jack will be great for him in a mentor situation because he's not long ago, and like, let's say five or six years ago, was the rookie himself. So he can deal with that with Jack. And, and they're so open with each other and they like the car the same way, which is really a good thing. They've hopped in each other's cars in the past and, um, and, and they, they talk exactly the same language. So to be able to link the two together um, will be really good for him. Um, but for me, yeah, it's going to be very different Bathurst for me to be able to, I suppose, sit back on a race day and see my son get the opportunity to have a run around uh, in the main race and be the third generation of, of the family is is a pretty awesome thought, to be honest. Chew, you, chew your nails down. Yeah, yeah exactly right. I'll be yeah, uh, like I mean... that. Uh, it'll be a nervous time. Uh, more so, I can I can understand it from... Uh, being there and done that myself, but I've done. I did it early days in '83 with my dad, um, back when it was quite different and not as professional and probably not as much pressure back then, because you had class cars and I was in a three-liter car, so the pressure wasn't there. It was there to really just enjoy the moment and learn from that. And and but he's been thrown in the deep end. That will be a lot of pressure. There's no doubt about that. Um, he'll expect a lot from himself, um, and that's that's. Hopefully, uh, yeah. well, I think confidence-wise, I think he'll do a great job. It's a very intense race, isn't it? Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, absolutely. It always was, but now the cars are so uh, evenly, you know, they're so even in their performances. And then it, it, it actually, a lot of it comes down with how you how the people in the pit bunker determine the fuel burn and the tyre usage and all that sort of stuff. So it's a... It's, it always has been a, uh, you know, a team effort. Always has, but it's incredibly much a team effort now. So I hope mate? he goes good, mate. I hope he goes yeah, good. He's a terrific you. young fella. Yeah. And uh, I've always had a terrific interest in him. I've raced against him a few times and he's a really, really good little driver, you know. I, yeah. And I think it's great that we have uh, generational races going on. They do it in America all the time, but it doesn't happen that much in Australia. Yeah. JB, does it make you uh, feel lucky that your offspring don't want to uh, have never found an interest in doing uh, motor racing? <laughs> oh, look, when I was uh, very active in it, I, I used to, part of me, part of me, I'd say probably 50% wished they'd been interested in it, mm. uh, but they weren't. And the other 50% was glad they were weren't interested. Now, 100% of me is glad that they're not interested in it. <laughs> 100%. I mean, 
they they both were those three of them were academics and they've got a, a life that that they wouldn't even know when I'm racing even now. So that doesn't mean we're not a you know close bunch of boys, but you know it's such a hard game and Glenn knows it as much as or more than I do. It's so so in you're so looking for other people to help you, and if you happen to um, be lucky enough that people do help you, well, that's what it is. It's lucky. There's so many you you would have seen them been there. There's so many blokes we've raced against over the years that were really good operators that couldn't keep doing it, so they stopped. But they were good racers, weren't they? They could have been champions, sort of thing. Uh, so, so JB, we uh, continue to see you running around in uh, cars all over the country. Of course, you were up at Townsville chasing around some kid with the surname Hansford uh, that you couldn't get on top of uh, recently. You, you've got a bit of a gap now between your next uh, Touring Car Masters round, Sandown, in September, and the likely chance that you'll end that season uh, at the Adelaide 500 in uh, in your mighty Tirana, there that's a that's something to look forward to. And you still lead the you still lead the series, going for like the all time world record most touring car masters wins, like yeah, ever yeah. ever in the history of ever. I know this sounds quite flippant, but I, it doesn't concern me. I don't ever think about whether I've got more wins or more championships or anything. I just do it because I love it. And it's funny when you, you know, when I raced against Greg Hansford and was friends with Greg Hansford, and to race against his son is actually quite a thrill. His son's a really good driver. And, you know, the fact that he beat me uh, doesn't concern me overly. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a different era of your life when you get older. I'm very grateful that I can still do it, you know, at a level where I'm not annoyed with myself. Um, in between now and the Sandown Touring Car Masters, though, I've been invited to New Zealand to drive one of Dick's old Sierras. So I'm going to be reunited with this old girlfriend 30 years later. And that, that must uh, that must be pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool. I did like uh, I look back at those uh, the pictures of the 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 Shell Sierras, the Peter Jackson Sierras. What a uh, what cool cars! Like I know that you guys probably didn't think they were cool cars, and we moved on for very good reason. But it uh, yeah, again, rose tinted glasses. But uh, what a uh, what a what a special era. It's funny because, like a lot of people now, ask about Sierras. You know, what what would they like to drive? I suppose this happens to you too, Glenn. Yeah. You know, they, they go, oh, what were those Sierras like? You know, I love those Sierras. When when they were actually current, everyone hated them. They said, when are you going to race a Falcon? You know, so mm. nowadays they all love them. And I don't know whether you know this, Glenn, but there's a guy in Sydney who's not Tony Kay. Uh, another guy's got one of your old Peter Jackson Sierras. Yeah, there's a guy, he lives near Amaru there, they tell me, where Amaru Yes, is. that's yeah. right. So David Wall did a bit of prep on it. Yep. And and David Wall, I went to one of David Wall's sponsors' days at, uh, there's a new track out there somewhere, a little track, forget what it's called. Anyway, I drove your old Sierra, which I thought oh, was, cool. and, and I thought, my Christ, it feels like dicks. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> like saying <laughs> saying that, John, I've actually got um, Tony Kay's car in my garage, so I'm putting it back together for him. So that brings oh, right. us, it's ironic that we're talking about Sierras and 
and that pass area. You've just driven that one, and I've got the number two car, which is the second car we built um, in my shed, which is getting it going, getting that going for Tony as well. Yeah, so, yeah they, that, that was a that was a great year, and I actually. Certain tracks, Sierras are a bloody handful. Like Winton and place like that, they weren't that much oh, fun. But weren't no, they? they were. I reckon at Bathurst they were a great car. They were an awesome car at Bathurst, they absolutely. Had, absolutely. They were quite tame, much more tamed at Bathurst than they were trying to drive around Winton. That's for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. They had a, a long diff ratio and it took the sting out of them a bit. But I, yeah. I, when I drove this one, it was this little tight track, and I, I can't remember what it's called. But, man, it was lively. I can tell you that. It was, it was lively. And they still had the same turbo lag, so yeah. I don't know what to expect when I go to New Zealand. But anyway, I'm going to do it. I'm going to mm. do it because I can. Hey, and some uh, some sad news just bringing up uh, New Zealand. Not sad that you're going over there, JB, to drive a Sierra, but sad that the Pukekohe Park is going to uh, see its last motor races in the next 12 months with the owners of the track deciding to put all of their effort into... Uh, the horse racing and not motorsport and they'll close down the circuit. You guys have done plenty of stuff over there um, at Pukekohe, you know, right back when supercars went over there, I think it was 96 and there was only 12 of you guys uh, banging around there. So, um, and you've probably done uh, other, other events there as well. Uh, Sad to see another permanent racetrack in our local area disappear. Yeah, well, it's just got such history. That's what I hate about circuits that just get wiped away because of the, you know, generally the mighty dollar. In this case, I'm sure it's the the, the racing, horse racing people have got, you know, serious gambling money involved in it there somewhere. So they, they cast motor racing aside and, and Sandown's going to end sometime in the not too distant future too. And they've got such history. They go back to the early 60s when... You know, we had world champions and quite a lot of them all racing at those tracks. You know, it's just something that people that are interested in the history hate to see. So I, I, I will find it. I haven't raced at Bulgari since 2007, I don't think. But, you know, I'll find it sad that it's going to go the other way. I, I, I don't understand why, but I'm sure it's political. And particularly it was as a circuit itself to drive on, it was so challenging and so enjoyable because such high speed. So, and those sort of tracks where it's really losing, they're the good ones we're losing, the Amaroos, the Oran Parks, the, the, the Pukakoes, those styles of tracks were such enjoyable tracks to race on as well. And to be able well, to go- Well, old style, weren't they? Year, it was so much, had a lot, yeah, it had a lot of um, great enjoyable fast corners, which is what we all challenged for as race drivers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even Lakeside. I mean, they can only have little, little race meetings at Lakeside there. I remember, you know, we had some great races at Lakeside. Absolutely. One of them comes to mind when we were locked together coming down the hill. But anyway, let's yeah, coming about down, that. You just let <laughs> me in the pit lane a bit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured it was time for you to make a pit stop. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Actually, I was coming in. I just didn't let you know. <laughs> I wish you had told me. It would have saved you a lot of trouble. Me in a bit you sent me in a bit earlier. <laughs> so uh, for fans of the sport, this is 1994. 
Uh, now neither of you blokes went on to win that title. That I think Scafey yeah. Scafey yeah. wrapped that up after the first three races where he completely yeah. donged everybody. Uh, but you two guys were running really, really well at Lakeside. Of course, yeah. the home track for Dick Johnson Racing and yeah. uh, Glenn, the uh, the filthy Victorian, had come up to <laughs> um, to spoil the uh, the home home team's party, and yeah. you were doing a good job of that. And uh, yeah, you ended up. Uh, facing backwards there um yeah. so you were going into pits uh yeah i think uh the time i'm trying to remember because this was no pits no pit stop races back in those yeah, days i'm trying to think yeah. what it was all what you might know more john because i remember i think the tires were it was that i think they'd resurfaced it or something and the tires were all falling off the car yeah, i think we did like delaminated the tire and i was coming in actually yeah, and i, yeah, did, I wish i hadn't um, known that <laughs> as well as the steward said to me, because because I got I got um, strung over the coals for that one because I didn't basically let anyone or let John know that I was coming in pit lane, and he was already up the inside of me, and around I went. It's pretty it's pretty simple. There's nothing nothing more than that, to be honest. Yep. Uh, oh, so they they make all of these cool they they make these big race tracks these days, and and I'll point out the Bend Motorsport Park. We've got some supercars racing coming up there. Uh, very very soon but they you know they just can't replicate some of these you know great tracks that you guys have spoken about the amaroos the oran parks that use that natural undulation of the area that they pick to build those tracks uh fair enough you have to go out into the desert to go and build these things but they just don't have the character of some of those old tracks. I don't know. What What do you, uh, would you like to see them be a little bit more creative with their circuit design? Or do you well, think the times have just moved on so much that you need to have big wide open tracks so it's more accessible for not just a, a top line supercars or top line motor race, but also for club level guys who just want to take uh, cars out and, and do it as safely as they can. I'd like, uh, I think the bend is pretty good. I mean, they've done a good job on the bend. Uh, it's got a, you know, undulation, quite a mix of corners. So, you know, for, for a, a company and a group of a couple of individuals to go to that measure in today's world cost-wise is amazing, fantastic. The fact that it's stuck, you know, quite a long way out of a major city, but it's, it's a really good effort. I don't. I'd like someone to build another track, wouldn't you, Glenn? Oh, no definitely. one seems to be building any. We're losing more than we're building, that's for sure. And um, yes, but I think uh, if if you look at the bend and and as John said, it's done a fantastic job. The only thing is the vi the viewing there is very difficult to be able to see the things around the back and that where the Oran Parks and places like that had sort of that amphitheater type uh, situation yeah. for the crowd there, and that used to really be quite up over the dog leg in down through the S's up over the dog leg and all that. And everyone could see all that area of the track, regardless of where you stood. And it had that big amplifier type feel about it going into what well, we ended up VP corner or Anagol, whatever they called it back in the early days. And um, that was sort of what made Oran Park yeah. such a great place um, for that, because it felt like even as not only for a spectator to be able to see all that, but as a driver, it felt like you could just feel the crowd over the top of you watching you. It was, it was brilliant. Well, they were big, they were big crowds, weren't they? I, I don't oh, know yeah. numbers-wise because nobody used to tell the truth. 
Tony uh, Parrish should never tell the truth. <laughs> no, well, he used How many people yeah, he had? <laughs> he used to personally go down to the gate and count them all. But then Absolutely. He never told anyone how many he got. He, he was anyway. he was always trailing up and down the fence line to make sure no one got in for nothing. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> to, to try to get a ticket out of Tony was like <laughs> honest. It was easier to go and rob a bank, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a good good track, yes, absolutely. Uh, the uh, you're right about the bend. I was only out there a couple of weeks ago with a friend of mine who's got a Porsche, and um, uh, yeah, from the pits you can't see anything, mm. not a thing. You can see them come back into the sort of the vision, as, as, yep. and there's only like three corners to go before they come onto the straight and down past the pits again. So yep. maybe they can look at putting some spectator in areas mm -hmm. in, you know, like in the old, well, like Long, Longford was, and like Bathurst is, you, you pick somewhere to go and watch it from. That's right. Certainly um, make a better spectacle. From the front straight of the bend, you can see your hotel room. That's one bonus. <laughs> That's only you wealthy blokes that stay there. <laughs> uh, Glenn, actually, I remember uh, the first time you drove a supercar in a long time was uh, when you and I were doing something with the uh, long gone Aussie driver search and you got a, a chance to jump into uh, into the supercar that they had as part of that program and you got to got to buzz around that i guess would have been the first time that you had a chance to drive around uh yep. around the bend That's that right, would have been on some shock and tires yeah <laughs> some old dunlops <laughs> yeah, some, yeah um, that had done about four thousand kilometers you're not wrong that was the first yeah. and only time i've never been never uh, driven around the place since that day so yeah that was my first opportunity in the last yeah okay it's quite tricky it's, yeah, I mean, it looks I like a roundabout there, but it's the bit where I were on was the short track, so I didn't get to see, I didn't get to run around the back to see what that um, the back around the back half was like. So, but um, it, it was quite enjoyable just to have the run around the short bit, to be honest. Yeah, it's a, I think it's you know it's a fantastic effort by the Shahins to to create it. I can't imagine how much it would have cost. Uh, it'll it'll come back one day. That's uh, you make money in motorsport, don't you? Is that right, boys? Uh, who, who, who makes money? <laughs> I think Grant, you, you're the only you one who makes money, mate. You, for, you forgot Grant, my kid races, so I'm oh, certainly yeah. not making any money out of motor racing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spending, we're spending plenty into it. Yeah, there you go. Spend it, spend it faster than you make it. Oh, Bloody yeah. oh what, a, what a game. But worth it. Worth it. Yeah. Very good. Uh, boys, look, thank you so much for uh, for coming on to the Park Up podcast. To get on to this, we actually had some tech issues, um, but you two boys both figured it out. Um, <laughs> you, you, you were always renowned as the, uh, the you know, being very, very uh, savvy with your uh, car setups and uh, engineering <laughs> prowess, and you were able to figure out this Zoom call as well. So uh, while the years tick by and the earth still dances around the sun, you're uh, you're still figuring out uh, technical and mechanical things. Thank now you. Listen, as as my friend and our all, well, he's all our friend, Brad Jones says, never bullshit a bullshitter. <laughs> okay, I'll leave you with that thought. <laughs> Hey lads, thanks for joining. Thanks for joining us on Parked Up, uh, and look forward to seeing both of you at a racetrack real soon. Thanks, okay. Grant. see you, mate. Thanks, John. See you, Glennie. See you see soon, you, mate. Thank you.
And that's another episode of Parked Up. Thank you very much, John Bow and Glenn Seaton, two absolute legends of the sport. That chat took a number of different twists and turns, but I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, two of the legends of the sport. Uh, and uh, looking forward to continuing to see JB out there in the Touring Car Masters car. Let's see if he can win another title. And of course, Glenn Seaton, uh, who still goes to the track and still uh, works with uh, the Super 2 team and and helping Aaron through his next stages of his career, which of course, he will compete in the Repco Bathurst 1000 come the end of this year in October. Uh, of course, Parked Up Plus every Monday, 5pm with Mark Fogarty. Uh, he'll give you all of the news and views coming out of the Bend Motorsport Park this weekend. Uh, this Parked Up is on every Thursday and I'll be back next week. Of course, Girls on the Grid at uh, on Mondays and the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racer podcast with Gary O'Brien and with Darren Smith. They had a great chat with Paul Stokel last week. You can jump on and have a listen and those boys will be back uh, very soon with another episode of the Napa Grassroots Racing Podcast. For now, I'm Grant Rowley. Everyone, have a great time. See you later. You've just listened to another Network Car production. Hi, Rodney Jane here from Bob Jane Team Arts, specialists in tyres and wheels for over 50 years. We stock what tradies need, tyres, wheels or batteries. We've got you covered. Steel or alloy wheels, 15 inch plus. Big brands such as Monster, RO8, CSA, Fuel, PDW and Dynamic. A massive range. Tyres, we love tyres. All-terrain, mud-terrain, 4x4 and SUV tyres. We stock all the top brands such as Bridgestone, BF Goodrich, Falcon, Goodyear, Michelin and Yokohama. Make your 4x4 ute or van look awesome. Cracking deals at Bob Jane Team Arts. We won't be beaten on price. We'll look after you. Test and C's apply. Bob Jane.